This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Agua. I hate not being fair. I hate seeing us have to stomp on other people, but sometimes I question where we would be if we didn't do those things. For us to be able to live lives where each of us as Americans has at least two or three plasmas in our house and at least two cars and uh, all of these things that we figure the rest of the world doesn't have, are we willing to stop being bullies and continue our hegemony so that we can uh, continue to have that? That's an obviously great question. It's a great question. Hey, I'm Rick Sanchez. This is the Rick Sanchez podcast. What's up, Scotty? How you doing? What, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. I was just thinking that as we prepare to do this podcast, something's been going on recently. We've done a series of podcasts that have made me think about something which is very frustrating that we all have to deal with as Americans, and that is the fact that there are forces in this country that make decisions for us that sometimes have nothing the hell to do with the people that are out front. Now, let me define what I'm saying. When, when, when we think of the decision makers, the leaders in this country, right? We think of, of course, Anderson Cooper, <laughs> Sean Hannity, Rachel Maddow, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, this dude now from the new Speaker of the House, McMurphy, whatever the hell his name, what is his name? McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, he seems like a dick, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> so we got, I mean, doesn't he though? I mean, there's something yeah. squirmy, something about, he's the he, guy. He, he comes off, he comes off as a puppet. He, he comes out off as somebody that has actually, actually no backbone and it's somebody else's hand that is, you know, it's, there for the it, backbone. It's, no, there's no, it, he has that sliminess to him. Like, yeah, th there's nothing is real to him. Like, yeah. well, okay. Like, yeah. Like, you know. I don't know. I just, I just watched him being interviewed about why he's supporting um, Santos, you know, now that we know everything we know about Santos. And he actually says, well, has he committed a crime yet? In this country, you have to be found guilty uh, and otherwise you're presumed innocent. It's like, what are you talking about? Really? You have to go to court and be found guilty by a judge before, if that's the case, then, my God, nobody's ever going to be fired. Nobody's ever going to lose a job. I mean, that's not true. I mean, you don't have he to single be, He oh. single-handedly canceling cancel culture by you. <laughs> they just, they just, he just makes it up. Anyway, that's not my point. My point is something else, and this is important, that we are living in a time when it seems like there is this process, these people who are making decisions that are the ones that we end up receiving the manifestation of, right? The, 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 we end up with the shit as a result of these decisions that are made by these people. And, and, and it's true. Um, Joe Biden's decisions having to do with Ukraine, having to do with China, having to do with Iran, having to do with everything, they're not made by Joe Biden. 
They, they were made five, six years before Joe Biden even got elected. Same as with Trump. I mean, Pompeo made all our foreign policy decisions along with other neoconservative crazy hawks who didn't let Trump do the things that he actually wanted to do where I supported Trump. Trump wanted to be less hawkish. Trump wanted to get us out of wars. They didn't let him do that. So there, there's this process that happens in this country that continues to to unfold and it only gets worse and worse. And I hate to use these words because I, I hate this word because to some people, they want to use this for everything. But, but there really is, you know, by the definition of the word deep state, there really is a deep state. Not, not, not from the standpoint of the crazies or these morons who are going around calling everything deep state. But if you were going to define deep state, is there an apparatus that is entrenched in the U.S. government that is as powerful, if not more so, than the people we elect? Yes. Yes. Eisenhower warned us about them uh, when he said, beware of the military-industrial complex. That military-industrial complex has now taken hold since Eisenhower said those words. We had a man who was the vice president of the United States of America, Dick Cheney, right? Most would argue he was really the president of the United States of America, but we won't go there, or maybe we will. <laughs> who was actually the CEO and chairman and president of a multinational weapons and military complex company, right? Halliburton. Think mm -hmm. about that. The guy in the, it would be, let me give you an example. I always like bringing these things home. Imagine for a minute, if you tomorrow, wherever you are, if you're in Iowa listening to me, if you're in California listening to me, I don't care if you're in New York, tomorrow you elected a mayor for your city, right? And it's a small city of only 100,000 people. And that guy who is the mayor that you just elected, right? Turns out he has the biggest construction company that does roads and bridges um, and buildings. And as soon as he becomes the mayor of your little town, the first thing he does is he gets a bond initiative or gets tax money given to him by you or he taxes the hell out of you and then pays his company to re-blacktop all the roads in the city, every single one of them. And he makes $100 million from that deal because you elected a guy who owns a street paving company and the first thing he's going to do is repave all the streets. Whether they need paving or not, it doesn't matter, but he's going to make money now and you elected him and that's what he does. So he's going to basically co-mingle illegal term, by the way, co-mingle his job as mayor with his job as the owner of the street paving company or the roof making company or whatever the hell it is. We had a guy who became the, 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 the vice president slash president of the United States who immediately took us to war and his company made so much freaking money. It's absolutely ridiculous. So much frickin' money Halliburton made during the Iraq war that it's absolutely ridiculous. Just think about that for a minute. That's what happened. 
Where am I wrong, Scotty? Where am no, I wrong? I, I, mean, I mean, the problem is what you what you've just described is a situation that we do see on local levels all over the country, including Miami, where people it may not be their company directly, but their cousin's company, their brother-in-law's company, their yeah. best friend that they grew up with. Yeah, but that's company. the point I'm making, though. In this case, but that's it what was I'm saying. So why do we expect if we if we see it happen and we accept it at the local level? Why the hell wouldn't it happen at the federal but level? But this guy wasn't even his cousin. I mean, at least if you're going to well. be a liar and a cheater <laughs> and a thief, at least try and be clever about it. At least say, hey, you look, no, he's yeah, Scotty. yeah I, he's Scotty. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm the mayor now. Nobody knows that you and I are friends, yeah. and I know you. You and your wife got this haircutting business. Is from now on, you know what? Every employee has to have his hair cut by dawn, okay? Yeah. You work for the city of uh, Magababu here. Uh, you got to get your <laughs> hair cut by dawn. Scotty's wife, she's the best hair. And you know what? We're going to get a cut of that or whatever. Fine. Nobody's going right. to know. But this guy, this is like, no, I own Halliburton. I run yeah. Halliburton. I make gazillions of dollars off of Halliburton. I used to be just a lowly congressman who only made $47,000 a year. Now I'm one of the richest men in the country. Oh, and I'm now also the vice president slash president. I'm going to declare a war on a country. And my country, uh, pardon me, my company is going to make millions and millions of dollars off of that war. Oh, by the way, the war was based on a lie. Did I tell you that? I mean, that's the best way sometimes to do things, I guess. Right in the open. Right there in the open. Right for everybody to see. That's my point, though. This is this, and this shit has not stopped happening, and it's only getting worse. And it doesn't make sense, and it's not good for us as a country. Think about what we do. For example, right now, we are being told by these leaders, and again, my point is, it's not really the leaders who are making these decisions, but we are being told we have to go to war with China. We're doing everything possible to try and get China to go to war with us. I mean, we're doing military exercises and military maneuvers off the coast of China. We've got, you know, battleships. Could you imagine if China had battleships off the coast of Miami Beach? Could you imagine if China had <laughs> No, I can't, because I don't think they have battleships that can reach Miami Beach. I but mean, yes, I agree. <laughs> that would be an act of war. If China's Navy, which, by the way, is probably as sophisticated as ours, uh, in many in many ways, I mean, yeah, you're right. We've got a bigger we've got a bigger military than China, but not bigger military than Russia. But anyway, uh, could you imagine if they came tomorrow off of the coast of Naples and started doing in the Gulf of Mexico military exercises? Imagine if they had battleships going up and down the coast on the intercoastal of Miami. I, I, I mean, is that is that comparable, at least in a way, to what we saw during the missile uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis? We're Obviously, it, it's not China. We, we, yeah, exactly. But that's exactly. an equi- would that be an equivalent statue that they put arms in our backyard 90 miles off our shore? And we almost started World War III because of it. Right. Right. So so now we're doing that. I mean, really. Essentially, if, yeah. I mean, if you really want to make the argument, that's exactly what we were doing in Ukraine, which made... <laughs> yeah, Putin I was just about to say that. Isn't that what we shit. also did in Ukraine and Poland? and? Yeah. 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 I mean, right. Latvia, Estonia. I mean, so yeah, we've pissed them off because we're basically doing that. But right now... I mean, we have U- U.S. battleships going through the Straits of Taiwan. I mean, <laughs> now like, is it fairly yes, our nose to the Chinese, and we're giving billions of dollars in military equipment to Taiwan so they can right. defend themselves against a war with China. But now, remember, I got to tell you something that most people don't know. As far as China is concerned, Taiwan is a province of their country, yes. so. Taiwan is to China, as they see it, to be fair, what Florida is to the United States. 
Or Puerto and, Rico. And, and, and right. Or Puerto Rico. There you go. Good example. Or Guam or one of our territories. Guam, right. Yeah. Except, you know, it's, it's right there. But when you think about that, but we never do that because our leaders and our media don't give us the perspective of our so-called enemies. Mm. We are playing a game where we, our media, only talks to our representatives, our people. So you never hear a disparate voice. You would never hear Rick Sanchez saying what I just said. Even just to say to some to an Anderson Cooper type, by the way, did you know that um, Taiwan is a province of China? They, they, they act like Taiwan is just some independent country that, and by the way, that's how the United States sees it. That's fine. You could have different opinions, but you got to give both opinions. <laughs> you, right. can't just, you can't just say those horrible Chinese are about to invade Taiwan, a country which is independent and has nothing to do with China. We Anybody who can read a book and knows anything about history knows that Taiwan and China are inextricably tied together through mm -hmm. everything from Mao Zedong to Chiang Kai-shek to how they separated to why to what the U.S.'s influence is to what's going on there now but we don't get any of that and that's crazy that's crazy and and the folks who perpetuate that the most are not just our leaders because they answer to the Pentagon and the Pentagon answers to the very wealthy people who run the weapons manufacturing companies who are, by the way, the richest companies in the United States and unfortunately get richer by the day. And they control our chief export today in this country, which is weapons. The chief export of the United States of America is weaponry. And, and these are important things that we should just know. So when we, when we see certain, for example, let me, let me tell you about one that's going on that happened recently. So China has an ambassador, right? All countries have ambassadors. Uh, theirs is a guy named uh, Chin Gan, right? And by the way, don't laugh if you're listening to us in Spanish. The guy is called Chingong. <laughs> Which if you speak Spanish, you know exactly what that means. Yes, Mr. Chingong is uh, is quite, <laughs> he's quite the, let's just say that in Spanish, that means this guy's got it going on, man. He is a badass. He's a Chingong. Uh, <laughs> but that's how you say the guy's name. Anyway, this, uh, this, China sends this ambassador to the United States. He arrives here, and according to the decorum that's set up by most countries, the ambassador from another country has to be received he usually has an opportunity to meet with the other country's leaders, especially, if, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, Betuana <laughs> land here. We're talking about freaking China, arguably soon to be the largest economy in the world and in the history of the world. So they send this guy. He's one of the most important people in China, um, historically very well-known, very respected politician in China. They send him over here as the ambassador to the United States. Um Mr. Biden, our president, and the upper echelon of the United States decide we're not going to we're not going to acknowledge him. We're not going to meet with him. We're not going to take his meetings. We're not going to sit down with him. If he wants to talk to some low-ranking person, he's allowed to, but otherwise we're just going to treat him like crap. Um 
the Chinese embassy, Mr. Qingong's people there, <laughs> I love saying that name, repeatedly they ask for meetings. They, they you know, can we sit down with the vice president? Can we sit down perhaps with the, the president at some point? Can we do some meetings with the folks at the Pentagon, maybe State Department? We want to just have some communication. After all, that's why we set this whole thing up. And they say no. Now, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. And, and I'm sure that's not Mr. That's not Joe Biden's decision, but it should be. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's why guys like JFK get assassinated. But, you know, a, a real president says no to the CIA, says no to the State Department or the Pentagon and says, you know what, just because you've done it this way for the last 20 or 30 years, I'm not sure that's worked very well. I'm going to sit down and talk to this guy because he's the fucking representative from China, you know? Instead, we, we play this, oh, they're the bad guys. We're the good guys. We're not allowed to talk to them. That's nuts. And, and, and it's not just the politicians and the Bidens of the world who perpetuate this, unfortunately, because I feel like their hands are tied. The media does the same thing, Scotty. You see it every night. Yeah. Yeah. I, and they're, you know, I was even looking up on this story. I mean, all they do is they, they mention that, oh, the, they say the Biden administration didn't meet with them and White House denies that. So the, uh, that's how they countered. They, well, the White House said that they met them. So, you know, <laughs> like, right. Like you can't just look out the window. to see. And again, training. I don't know who's I don't know who you want to trust more. Uh, the People's Republic of China or or our White House. I, I don't know who to trust it in that situation because they both lie. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, unfortunately, you're the right. only difference is in America, we have a free media, an yeah, open right. media. Sure. And in China, they have the people's media yeah. uh, you if, know it's run free, openly we, by the government at least and, and i know you're saying that with your tongue firmly chanted yes. in your yes chanted, placed in your cheek Extreme. but if we really had a free media why don't you see different voices being interviewed on cnn and all of the why is it everybody they interview is tied somehow to the government or some other media organization nobody goes on cnn who wasn't once working at the pentagon working in a different government, working at the State Department, working in the previous administration, working at the New York Times, working at the Washington Post. I mean, it's like only people with who are insiders are allowed to be heard. Can I ask you a question? Who does that sound like? China, mm -hmm. Russia, uh, all mm -hmm. of these so-called totalitarian countries that we criticize. That's what we criticize them for. There's no free voices in China. Only right. the government tells you what to think. Well, what the hell are we getting? Have you ever watched CNN lately? Or Fox or any of these? Have you ever seen anybody with a different perspective on there? They're not allowed. No, not really. Not really. No, it, it, it's usually it's usually that silo of people repeating the claims. And if there is one token opposing view, you'll never see him again. They're not well, not only will you not see them again, they're usually not the most intellectually sound people to hold a argument with, really. Oh, I, I right, wonder. Do right. you, in other words, what you're saying is they create straw men. Yeah, exactly. Just I mean, if you watch to... Fox News, they have an idiot as a Democrat. That's what they do. They never get an intellectual liberal or progressive there that or or if they do have somebody that has some IQ, they're over the top where you can't take this person seriously. And, and on CNN and MSNBC, I feel like they do like on CNN for years. They had Rick Santorum. I mean, come on. Yeah, he was an elected official. I get it. But the real question, though, here is why don't they have people who will stand up to the obvious 
hegemony that we have created in this country and remind us of the shit show that was Iraq. And if I was on CNN and I was invited with, I don't know, who's the walrus guy? Who's the former Trump's uh, secretary of uh, State Department uh, guy? Pompeo? No. Or oh, Bolton? Bolton, right, right. John so, Bolton. So, so, yeah, he looks like a walrus with that stupid he does. look of him. Actually, he does. <laughs> the, 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 you know, Bolton was one of the architects of the Iraq war. Yes. Bolton yes. is one of the people who stood the tallest and probably does to this day and says, Saddam Hussein had weapons of, of nuclear, of, uh, of mass destruction. He didn't. Bolton is riddled with lies and conjectures and all kinds of, he's the reason so many people died. So many American soldiers died for nothing, right? He's the reason guys like you got sent over there and you True. ended up callous about our military and our country because you realized it was bullshit, right? Yes. He's the reason. Very for much so. Right? Firsthand. Yeah, firsthand is exactly how I saw it. Uh, I, I, you were on a ship. I, I, well, yeah, I was on a ship and I met Marines who were their job was to go guard the oil fields. It wasn't go to spread democracy. It wasn't go going to uh, uh, you know create freedom in, in an oppressed country. They literally told me, "No, we're assigned. Our battalion, our division is assigned to go guard those oil fields over there." <laughs> and that's what they did. And I said to myself, "Well, I thought we're here for nine eleven. Why are we in Iraq again?" You know, so that that's what made it made made me realize where a lot of it was BS. And you know, thinking about what you're saying. I, do you think it was made like this by design or was it this an opportunity? And what I mean by that is in journalism, if you're going to do a story on roofing on roofs, for example, you're going to get a roofer, an expert. He knows roofing. So I'm going to ask this roofer questions. What I mean by this now is we have a war going on. I need an expert on war. Ah, this former general, he'll work great. Let's talk to him. Do you think the complex saw that the industrial complex saw these things? And oh, that's yeah. why we just saw a, a, a massive load of everybody that's former, you know, CIA, former this State Department, uh, like the opportunity was there for them yeah. to take a hold of it. And that's why we are where we are. There is now this um, entire complex that has mm -hmm. been created and it's got several data points in its creation. One of them is the people inside the government, the Pentagon, who work right. in the government, the members of the military who also work through the government and, you know, the administrators, the bureaucrats. Then you have the military industrial complex people, in other words, Raytheon and its representatives. Then you have, stay with me here, the media, and all of those are interlocked. What do I mean by interlocked? Uh, Raytheon and Pratt & Whitney and some of these other multi-billion, if not trillion dollar companies have representatives that sit on the board of the New York Times and CNN and Time Warner and all these other big companies. So they influence the decisions that are made and how it's handled. They also have insiders inside the Pentagon because the people who work at the Pentagon then go work at Raytheon and Pratt Whitney because it's a revolving door. They also have connections to the military because the generals who used to be 
decent guys who really believed in America are now themselves infiltrated, knowing that they can retire in a few years at the young age of 45 and immediately go to work for Raytheon and they pay them as spokespersons. And then that general goes and appears on CNN, hello, Petraeus, and CNN does not tell the viewers and they'll just say, joining us now is four-star, three-star, whatever the hell, General uh, Petraeus, uh, who was uh, a general during the war in Iraq. And here's what they don't tell you. As we speak, he's being paid by Raytheon $500,000 a year to make sure that we create more wars so Raytheon can make more money. They don't say that. Now, obviously, right. I'm editorializing, but they yes. don't even tell you that he has a contract with Raytheon, that he is actually working as a consultant for, could you imagine if you interviewed somebody in local television and you didn't tell the viewer, I'm going to talk to this guy about, uh, let's see. Uh, I'll use the roofing example. I'm going to use the yeah. roofing example. And you don't say that this guy that's promoting this roofing owns the, the, the roof the or owns company. the rights to this, <laughs> right. the roof. Right. Yeah. So you're like, uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So hello, Mr. Mayor. I understand you've got this new proposal where you're going to be re-, re redoing all the roofs of all the buildings in uh, in our city. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I am. Well, that's interesting. Why are you doing that? Well, because I think it's good because we need fewer leaks. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And you know, or you could find out with a simple Google search that he owns the company that's going to get all the money and you don't even say it. You don't tell your viewers. They say in news, it's not what you report. It's what you don't report. That reveals yeah. you. And that is so true. I mean, it in is. this case, it's just amazing. So, so that's kind of where we are, you know. But do you? How do you see that? Since we are kind of in the middle of this, you know, we can't see. But where do you see this going or ending? Because, in my opinion, there's no end in near. Because if not for the talking heads that we're seeing on CNN and Fox and all the mainstream media. Now everybody has a platform in their pocket via Instagram or TikTok or Twitter where people now can become famous or quote unquote influencers. And what's going to stop these complex, these industrial military complexes and other nefarious people influencing these influencers to put these messages on kind of even like what we see now where everybody has a Ukraine flag or everybody has the LGBTQ flag or which is fine all in, in, in sentiment and, and feeling. But when you start seeing it, it's almost like it's been organized. I think it'll shut so, them down. I think they. I think they're too big. I, I'm finding now, even with podcasts. I mean, I'm just going to continue to say whatever the hell I want to say because I don't care. Right. And but. So you think the? So you're saying that you think the mainstreams will shut down the the voices? Sure. On, on the on the on the channels here. Yeah. I, what I, I'm saying is, what happens when those same people that pay the mainstream? starts paying those people as well. Where do we turn? Where do we look? How do we know what to trust? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, good luck. That's what I say. I mean, eventually, maybe uh, maybe like, like history has always shown us, the bad guys eventually just go too far, right? Yeah. Hitler went yeah. too far. 
if he was smart and he didn't invade Russia, he probably could have prolonged that war. Maybe even a won it. Maybe we would all would do in that, 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 that little uh, high step or whatever the hell it's called. But he went too far, right? Yeah. And I, I'm almost seeing in America right now that it's too obvious. He, I mean, here, let me give you an example. Here's some chick on CNN named Erin Burnett, who, by the way, is not even a journalist. And they hired her because she has very pretty blue eyes. Uh, not that smart, but uh, here she is essentially doing a story about how China sucks because and this is this is the this is like big deal. Right. They, they instead of teaching you about China and giving you information about China, good or bad. They pick what I call a soap opera moment because that's the way they cover news here in America. It's not about the complexity of whether Biden's policies regarding inflation may or may not work based on what the Fed's decisions are. It's about how Joe Biden had something he was hiding in his closet and Santos and you know what I mean? It's a soap opera. Yeah. It, 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 they, they turn everything into a soap opera. Here she is, a woman who probably knows nothing about China, uh, doing this story, uh, this is about when they were having their most recent Congress, the former premier of China, uh, what's his name, Hu, Hu Jintu, right, um, apparently got into a little bit of an altercation with another guy in China, in, another guy there, and the cameras caught the moment where he was escorted from the building. Now, this guy looks like he's 100 years old. He's very delicate and he can barely walk. So it's almost like she's beating up the situation. But look at the way she presents it. Look at the way she presents it. Go. It's been more than three days since the former Chinese president, Hu Jintao, was abruptly escorted out of one of the biggest communist meetings of the decade. And still, no word, no image, Stop no right sign there. of who. By the way, one of the biggest communist meetings of the decade. Who writes like that? Why, why is she using those particular words? And is that journalism? I mean, I mean, what is the difference between that and some moron who looks like her, but with an Asian complexion, I guess, in China saying, uh, no word today on the fascist American president, you know, Joe Biden. It just, it's beneath you. You're fucking CNN, man. That used to mean something. The biggest communist gathering of the decade. Yeah, yeah. Can I see just, a countdown list of what the biggest meetings in the last 10 years were, please? Like, like, <laughs> like, like if I didn't already know you were biased, you just told me everything I say from now on, it's I'm just going to slam the hell out of China and I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt because my job is to make you hate China because that's what the people who sell weapons and the people at the State Department want you to come away with. See, I don't work for you. I work for them. That's what this is all about. I mean, the, the, the words she chooses give her away and she's too stupid to know it. Like if she was really, first of all, she didn't write any of this. Somebody else wrote it for her because I know I used to have that same shift she has now, except I used to write my own stuff. She's reading somebody something that's I would have said, guys, get rid of the word communist. We don't have to. I mean, just let's say let's just say China. OK, and let's save the judgments for if our guests want to call them a bunch of lousy, shitty, you know, slanty eyed communists. Great. Let them do it. But we don't do that. We're CNN. You know, that's the point. So anyway, continue. But there is new footage tonight showing in greater detail exactly what happened before China's former leader was led out of the room in front of the cameras. 
you can see Li Jianshu, one of the highest ranking members of the Communist Party, sitting to the former president's left. He intervenes as who repeatedly tries to read from a stack of papers that are kind of covered up by a red folder. Who is trying to hold on to that file, but Lee takes it away. And while this is happening, China's current leader, Xi- Stop. Ooh, do, do you hear it? While he's sitting there, he grabs the red folder. What could be behind that red folder? Might it be something important? Who knows? What's he trying to hide? Why aren't they let him read it? Does he want to speak? Are they blocking him out? What's going on? Why don't we know? I mean, do you hear this? <laughs> For what all you know, it could have been a doodle that he made of, of a funny picture and he didn't want him to see him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who the hell knows? Compare that to the shit that happens in our country. Even if it is a power struggle between the former leader and the present leader, we don't have them here. I mean, did you watch what just happened on January 6th? Have you seen what's going on with us trying to pick a freaking, uh, uh, you know, uh, Speaker of the House? Have you seen what's going on with George Santos? I mean, we she is making this mountain out of this Asian molehill, which for all we know could be a big deal or it could be nothing. Right. Some guy is disagreeing on a policy and then basically he gets up and he leaves. We don't know if he's leaving of his own volition. We, we don't know anything, but she's making the whole thing up and turning it into this. Essentially, the story is very simple because this is the story we get every day. China bad, U.S. good. Russia bad, U.S. good. Iran bad, U.S. good. I could go on and on. And then the countries that we like, Ukraine, great. America greater. It, it's it just it's it's like a cartoon. There's no nuance. There's no context. Just a freaking cartoon. Let her let her finish. This Aaron burned out. Go ahead. Gives instructions to another man who then attempts to physically lift two up from his physically chair. Physically lift. It's an There's unexpected no moment. Lifting. And when you look at this taking it back, you realize <laughs> the role that she possibly played. Some arguing it it was a deliberate power play by she. Oh, Others, including state media, saying this was state all media. because of whose health. To date, no media outlet in China Ooh. has mentioned the in the incident. So, so the media is crooked. <laughs> China's crooked. She uses loaded words like state media. Oh, like we don't have state media here, right? Sure. When was the last time you had somebody on who didn't agree with you on everything there, uh, Bernie? Um, what, what else did she say? F fear or something? Um, she said something at the end that just seemed like it was just so loaded and it's, 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 it's a soap opera. It's not a report. It's a soap opera, a soap opera that's designed to make you an American who turns on CNN, hate, loathe, not trust those sneaky Chinese because of what they're doing. When in actuality, if you looked at that story, what's the difference between that and the power struggles that go on in our own country? And, yeah. and to say that their media is not reporting it, do you know how many things we don't report? When was the last time we told people or reminded people of the lie that was the Iraq war? Of why we stayed in Afghanistan for 20 freaking years and accomplished absolutely nothing? Those people Obama's, are not on TV anymore. Obama's deal that he did in Libya that was almost, you know, crazy. The children who've died recently. And I mean, there's so much to report that we don't report because we protect our power structure. And what is that if not state media? Right? So just saying. Just saying, Scotty. I give you the floor.
How else would we do it, though? Well, there was a time when journalists were not beholden to the power structure, but they are now. I... There was a time. There was a time when during the was Vietnam there, but, War, journalists I mean, were actually because, covering the Vietnam War and saying, you, Mr. President, are a fucking liar. LBJ, you're a liar. And uh, Nixon, you're a liar. And, and sure, Nixon had to go out and say the moral majority is, the moral minority is, you know, disagrees with our media. They're no good and whatever. But at least they took him on. When was the last time outside of criticizing Trump that you saw our media actually uh, question or accurately report on the foibles of our structure and our power structure and our government. When? No, uh, I, I, you know, you, you saw a brush of it post Afghanistan once everybody said, oh, this is horrible, but no, not really. Yeah, Never. we were in Afghanistan for 20 years. The only time yeah, we then criticized all of a sudden, our policy was the last talk, 30 right. days. Right. right. Then everybody, that's about it right. that I can think of. <laughs> and and think about that for a minute. Our media never made a story about what a what a what a what a what a waste of time and money we were ha having in Afghanistan. How many people needlessly died? How we changed nothing in that country? How we were blowing up bricks and hills and mountains for 19 years and 11 months? They failed to report on that story. It never even made the news. And they finally decide to report on Afghanistan when the decision is made to end the war. So they never reported the war. They only reported on the end of the war in a critical fashion. Think, of, wrap your head around that concept. What does that tell you about the media? They only reported on Afghanistan when we made a decision to get out of Afghanistan. Otherwise, everything was fine and copacetic. But again, what I'm asking, I guess what I'm th I keep thinking about is Hasn't the media always kind of been like this, though? I mean, going back to the days of Hearst and, 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 and the yellow journalism and all that stuff. I, I mean, to some is extent, it fair to, to some extent, I mean, yes, yes. It may have not been the government telling him to say marijuana was bad because he had his, you know, or any other issue that he did. So hasn't there always been some sort of influence in the media? Hasn't there always not been a level of honesty in the media? And of if course, that's the case, they're human beings and they're and they're also, you know, uh, torn by their sense of patriotism. And so, so let me ask this. And why should we listen to but the it's, media? But, why it, should but, we but, trust but let me it? just finish my point here. Today, it's much worse. It's much more blatant. It's much more tied to money and power. Hmm. And, and I'll just give you one quick example. It used to be in journalism that the average reporter made less than a CEO or a guy who ran a business, a reporter's salary was the same as a working man's salary. You know, the guy, the kind of guy like your dad, my dad, who just gets up in the morning and gets his lunch in a pail and takes it to the office and works eight hours and comes home. You know, today that would be, a, I guess, what, a 50, 60, $70,000 a year job for a regular person. That's how much a, a journalist used to make, right? Today, those same journalists, make millions and millions and millions of dollars as if they were a top CEO because they're not really journalists. They're spokespersons for the government and its entities. That's that's my that was the only point I wanted to make that's different from the past to now. So but what do we do then? How do we know who to trust? How do we know what to trust? How do we know what interest? Because, again, just using America and China as an example, they both lie. 
I, th- I, I think that's fair to say. Both countries lie for whatever their own personal agenda is. So who do we believe? Who do we side with? Do we side? Do we just stay unattached? Do we not? Should we not care? Should we care? Why should we care? I mean, these are the things when I hear these stories and, and that they make me think. Why should I care that we're... we're uh, like Does that, that guy sense? that you told me to read his book and I started reading it and he's really brilliant and he's come up with conceptually unbelievable stories and his sense of history and how we got to where we are are really good. And then you start listening to him and I've started listening to him again. What was the name of the book again? Yeah. The end of uh, the be- the world is just beginning mapping the collapse of globalization. Peter Zihan. Yeah. Zihan. No, but the world is just beginning is not the title. Try it again. That's wrong. The end of the world. The end of the world is just beginning. Okay. Okay. I thought you said the world is just beginning. Sorry. Not yelling at you. Okay. (laughs) Please stop yelling at me, Rick. Don't you know I'm a a millennial and I take these things personally? No, I'm joking. (laughs) The end of the world is just beginning. He, uh, what's his name? Peter Zihan. Yeah. He's a hawk. And it looks to me like he's very much tied to uh, the, uh, whatever, the power structure, military industrial complex, the... He wants us to uh, go to war with uh, China and wants us to go to war with Russia and can't wait to start the next uh, World War III. Uh, I've heard him talk and he is a super hawk, uh, no different than Bolton or Pompeo or a lot of these assholes. Uh, and that's a shame because we just don't need that. We, 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 we need a more balanced approach to how we head into the future. And it can't just be we're badasses, we're better, we've got bigger guns and we're going to destroy you. Because eventually the guy, the bully in the play, uh, uh, in, in the playground gets his ass kicked and I don't want us to get our ass kicked, you know? But isn't there, but isn't there something to be said about humanity and how we've always had to handle situations and how we've always dealt with conflict going back to tribals, you know, to, to being tribes beyond before we had nations and countries, we always fought. We settled our, 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 our disagreements with fighting, with war, with battles. So you want us to now say, I'm not going to battle you. I'm just going to trust you. Because I have a feeling another country say, yeah, we're going to trust each other and they're going to do things and then take advantage of us. So what I'm saying is you have to display some levels of might, some levels of force, some level of, mm-hmm. hey, you guys kind of you want to step to me, you know, you're going to find out what's going to happen. Right. I don't know where the line is for that, though. I don't know where to say we should find a different way. I mean, but do you how think do we... we're administering it fairly? Do you think uh, what we did in Iraq was fair no. and just? Oh, no. You think oh, we no. Get, Absolutely We sent not. the right image to the world. Do you think what we did in Afghanistan was fair and just? Do you think what we're doing now in Ukraine is really fair and just? Do you think sending battleships off the coast of China and trying to get them to fire off a rocket so we could start World War III is just and fair and smart? Do you think any of those things make any sense to you as a regular human being? Forget everything else. Because my answer is no. They sound, It sounds like okay. crazyville to me, what we're doing. Yeah, yeah but here's the thing, man. And And Maybe it's some of this book that I've read that's kind of opened my eyes to a little bit of this and just other things I've thought in the past. But we have what we have today because of all those things. Are we willing to leave the comfort of our lives, our day to day lives? Are we willing to sacrifice our bottle of water that we have on tap, no pun intended, anytime we want? Are we willing to sacrifice our cell phones? our little vaporizers that we smoke, the microphone, the computer. Are we willing to sacrifice all of these things for a different way? Because this is how we got here was by this unfair. And again, I'm, I hate, I hate not being fair. I hate seeing us have to stomp on other people, but sometimes I question 
where we would be if we didn't do those for things. For us to be able to live lives where each of us as Americans has at least two or three plasmas in our house and at least two cars and uh, all of these things that we figure the rest of the world doesn't have, are we willing to stop being bullies and continue our hegemony so that we can uh, continue to have that? That's an obviously great question. It's a great question. It's the kind of question that we have to really ask ourselves and then ask this, because we have all these things, are we happier? Are we living more fulfilled, more healthy lives than the people who live in Sweden or Norway or Finland or any of those countries that don't have those things? My answer is probably no. We have more heart congestion. We have more heart disease. We have more uh, depression. We have more obesity. We have uh, fewer uh, family, more family issues. We have more racial issues. But you're naming everything. You're, I, I agree with what you're saying. But you're naming things that nobody actually gives a crap about on the forefront. It, 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 on, you don't, do you understand what well, I'm no, saying? You just if, I no, wait, crap, no, if I gave no. a crap, if I gave a crap about being obese, I wouldn't from, go to McDonald's three times a day. But you asked me from a personal standpoint. Okay, right? from personal. As an yes, American, no. would yes. I be willing to give up all of these creature comforts that I have? Because that's what's going to happen if we're no longer the big boys, if we're not the bullies, if we're not in, right. if we don't own the world as we manifest to own it now. And if we give up ownership of the world, I'm going to have to give up all of these creature comforts. And I'm saying, even if we give up all these creature comforts, or even if we possess all these creature comforts, do these creature comforts actually give you a more fulfilled life? Are we living happier? Or is it really all about the stock market? And here's the next question I have to ask you. When you say about all these creature comforts, most Americans are up to their ass in debt. We've got more debt now than any point in the history of the world. Personal debt, consumer debt, college debt, car debt. It's unbelievable. Into the trillions, by the way. Um, are we really wealthy? Or are we just making the guys on Wall Street really wealthy and the rest of us are just pretending to be wealthy while we're really poor? And when's that going to break? <laughs> and what's it like I mean, going to sleep every yeah, night that, knowing you got that debt? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step No, I, I, I totally agree on that, actually. I mean, I don't think most Americans would be willing to give up the day-to-day -day life of everything that we take granted for, you know, if that makes sense. Take for granted, I, I, yeah. Take for granted. I, I think that most people in, in in idea and thought want world peace. They want us to all get along, and we want to shake hands with other countries and say, "Hey, we have a uh, we have a great supply of natural gas here. You have a great supply of uh, timber over there, and we want to make a trade, and we're and, best and, friends and, because and of that, that." And that's what China supposedly, and some would argue fairly, is trying to do with the Belt and Road Initiative. They but most Americans they, wouldn't be willing. But even though that's China the idea most go, people have. China does not go to Africa and Latin America with military. They go in yes. to build power plants and to build uh, equipment and to build roads. And whether China, that is China, a guy. China, but that's not true. China goes into Africa and they're completely strip mining parts of that country. Go look at what's happening in Uganda or in Congo rather right now. No, I said they military. literally. I said uh, military. Where? Uh, no, no. I, I said military. The United States <sighs> leads with force. China leads with these projects. Now, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing I, no, with I, you. Okay, I see what uh, you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you could argue what the China's ploy 
is is a smart. They go one. in there with private security, and uh, we're, yeah, it's we're going to build for you a power plant. By the way, you're going to pay us <laughs> back for that power plant over the next twenty years. So we <laughs> immediately have like a fiduciary relationship between right. you and us, and as a result, we're going to screw you because eventually we're going to increase the interest rates. Who knows? There's a million things. Right, that they right, can do. right. So they're not the, they're not necessarily the good guys by doing these things. They're just doing it differently. We go in and we say, we're going to give you bombers and A1, yes. uh, A-115s or A-15s, and we're going to give you this, and we're going to give you tanks. And, you know, it's a different way of doing it. Um, ours makes us seem more uh, based on aggression than them. And who wins? I don't know. I don't know. The game is being... We're still in the probably the middle of the third uh, quarter. With all that being said, I see the media is a mouthpiece, obviously, to keep people, for lack of better word, word, you know, brainwashed or keep the blinders on. So we're able to keep this society that we've created to keep the rich getting richer and the people in the middle going poor or just staying there, but keeping us all kind of just complacent with it. Because if people did go on TV, start talking the truth, saying, hey, we had to invade this country because we need this supply of X, because right. we didn't want to make a trade with them. Yeah, people would probably get pissed off. As we saw in Vietnam. But or as we saw in other wars. But, but if you're a journalist, it doesn't matter. It's not your job to judge what the reaction is. It's your job to tell the truth and let it... The truth. And it, right. that, that's, it's, that's what it's called. It's called the truth. Whether it's the <laughs> Pentagon Papers or uh, the lies that we got from the Iraq War or the lies that we're probably getting now about this war uh, only because... When was the last time there was a war that wasn't based on lies? I can't remember, not in my lifetime. So, you know, yeah. uh, that's why we have these conversations. And the more I think about it, the more I see it now. And the more I see this collusion between all of these forces. And that's our podcast on this day. <sighs> I'm Rick Sanchez. He's Scotty Mendick. I almost had my hat almost fall off. My Agua Media hat. This is the Rick Sanchez podcast. We do this because now more than ever, we need to have, a, you know, intelligent conversations that are real and that pinpoint that there are people who are doing just the opposite. They're not having intelligent conversations with you. Do you think that woman, Aaron Burnett, was having an intelligent conversation with you, giving you all those boogeyman points? Ooh, well, the communist is a scary word. Well, that's a uh, scary word, man. I'm going to tell you a story now about communists. Are you ready? <gasps> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. It's a buzzword, man. It's been it's been it's been embedded into all of our heads, especially like people like me that grew up during the eighties. You know, communism. Ooh, the red you know, it's by the way, I'm gonna uh I just did a Google search on Aaron Burnett. Here's something okay. that won't surprise you. Not a journalist. Really? Not a journalist. Went to some school somewhere and studied political science. And then because do actual was, journalists, because I know you just said real quick, I know we're trying to end, but do actual journalists get paid? Or is it the people like this that get paid? Yeah, Anderson Cooper, not a journalist. Um, Think about it. The yeah, people that are on top that make the big money, do any of them really have the J degree? Could you imagine having a doctor who didn't go to medical school? <laughs> I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last night, though, so hey. Yeah, it's, I, I, just, I just saw a movie about that. Oh, my God, I saw a movie the other day. My wife and I were looking for movies. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point you just make. That's like a pharmaceutical company paying a guy to say I'm a doctor. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, well, no, no, no. But Pfizer gives me money, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me like, tell you why words, you're uh, unhealthy. The, the the people like Aaron Burnett of the world are uh, the same as the actors who represent Pfizer or any of the others, those big uh, conglomerates. I'm actors. able to enjoy my family more now. Thanks she's to an this actor. pill. Hey. And she's yeah. really pretty. She has the prettiest eyes of any anchor I've ever seen in the history of American television. Next to Anderson Cooper. And guess who got fired for telling her that on the air? Who? Chris Matthews. Really? Go Google Chris Matthews. They went back, <laughs> and the reason he was fired was Aaron Burnett was once a guest on his show, and being a typical guy, felt a little horn doggy that day, I guess, and he says to her on air, you are so beautiful. Oh, my God. <sighs> I mean, he just, you know, like harassment, like, yeah, exactly. And that's why that's, yeah, she's the reason he was fired. Not that she did anything wrong, by the way. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't her fault. It was just, yeah, there was an outreach. He horned out and he started saying things he shouldn't have said. And he he became the creepy uncle and he forgot he was on television. (laughs) By the way, what's the greatest example of that? You got to know this. I don't know. He was a jet. He played for the New York Jets. Oh, Joe, oh, Joe Namath. Joe Namath. I love you. I, I want to kiss, kiss you. you. Google it. Google it. It's Joe the greatest Na- I'll never forget oh. ever. That, Susie Culver. That's Susie Culver. Yeah, Susie Culver. That's really... one of those moments where I know exactly where I was, exactly where I was sitting. <laughs> so Me I. and my friends were sitting around like this, like, <laughs> oh what God. is happening right he, now? He's... He was so drunk. He was drunk. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I don't know why we have to do this, but just to be fair, because I grew up with Joe Namath. Most of us did. Or I did. Actually, he was before my time. But, you know, he's still somewhat contemporary. Um, They had the celebration of the Jets Super Bowl team that night. And they all went and partied and they all got drunk. We Eubank and Jet and and, and Joe Namath and... And right, Matt Snell, their fullback, and uh, all those guys. Uh, and they drank all day long, and then they were going to yep. go to the game. And at the halftime, they were all going to be announced at halftime. And, you know, you just got to go out in the middle of the field and take a bow. So they're all in the middle of the field taking a bow. And Susie Culver sees Joe Namath and grabs yeah. him and says, I want to do an interview with you. And he goes, okay. <laughs> He's so drunk. And yeah. she really is a very telegenic young lady. Still is, by the way. She's a yeah. very pretty. No, and she's a great. She's a good sideline reporper. She's and good. She, at she's super things. smart. She's super good, and she happens to be beautiful. I mean, just like really drop that beautiful. And he, uh, she starts asking him questions. So, what's it like? What do you think of the Jets this year? And does it remind <laughs> you of your time back when you were the quarterback of the Jets? And he stops in the middle of the interview on national television, I Monday Night Football. You. Probably who the hell knows? A hundred million people watching, and he says. <laughs> You know what? I want to kiss you. I love you. I want to kiss you right now. (laughs) And it was like, oh my God. Huh? He's sobered because of that. He sobered because of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He became, he became sober after that moment. Yeah. He stopped drinking. Good God. Good God. What a moment. Yeah, guys. That is a you, that is a classic moment in you, television. You, you gotta Google uh Joe Namath, Susie Culber, um on uh, the on the Googles. Mon- it was um, a, I believe it was a Monday night football game. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I it, it's probably there, right? We'll do oh, it's everywhere, man. Are you kidding me? It, it, it lives rent free inside of my head. I wanna kiss you. Um that's our that's our podcast. Rick Sanchez.
the Rick Sanchez podcast, Scotty Mednick. And to all of you, I say, I want to kiss you. <laughs> oh, God. Vamos con todo. 